Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, guys. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, of course, Eva's right next to me here. And I uh, wanted to say we are in a complete disaster recovery mode. There is a power outage all around the area. We are on backup power, backup support. Our producer is doing magic, allowing us to broadcast. So we are very grateful. No, you know what I was just going to say? Because I was um, listening to our intro, right? And it just said, you know, are you concerned about your job, concerned about losing it? What if you're just concerned yeah. about everything? Concerned about power. <laughs> So, yeah, normally, guys, we say we are broadcasting live from a secure bunker, but today um, it's a very hot bunker. Well, no, and it's a perfect time because we're in an insecure bunker. All bets are off, but we have the perfect guest to talk about what to do, right? Yeah, yeah, Bill Parsons (laughs) would be good for that. Um, Just a quick shout for our guest next week, John Garner. Mm. He is the healthcare guy. Everything you want to know about healthcare reform or the Affordable Care Act, as they call it, right? Right. Um, do I have it? How do I know? Is it working? What do I have? When can I get it if I don't have it? What can do I, I do? change it? What do I do? How do I use it? It's been a godsend to us, and we're bringing John into uh, the show for the listeners because he knows it all. It's a big book. It's a big book. It's yeah. a very big book. Yeah. Um, and um, this week, we have uh, Bill Parsons, who will be dialing in shortly. And, of course, again, we say we are grateful that we were able to meet every one of our guests in person. Yes. And uh, Bill is an interesting person, and we'll, we'll let him share. But one of the things we wanted to talk about is bullying, Okay. And, you know, the nature of the show is corporate talk making a difference in the workplace, even as one person. So we want to somehow bring the context of bullying into the workplace. Right. Well, yeah, because, I mean, everybody makes it seem like when you're going to work that it's a safe environment, but it's just not always safe. I mean, you had an incident. We've known other people that had people arrested right next to them. So you never know, you know, what's going to happen. And we're not talking about... You know, some rinky-dink operations. We're talking Fortune 100 organizations. Right. Right? Right. Um, you know, we misunderstand bullying. We think it's a physical bullying. And, yeah, that's the one we don't want, right? And it, well, it and happened can, to me. Yeah, right. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I'm also talking about bullying in the context of an aggressive people manager, mm. right? Or um, excessive work demands, Mm-hmm. Right. So we want to learn um, how to address those issues when they arise so right. that, you know, not after the fact. You don't want to be talking about um, the excessive work demands at the water cooler at 830 at night. Right. You want to address them with the person assigning them to you collaboratively. So 
we work out a happy medium, right? Well, okay, so please explain to me why this is that critical. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, so now I get it. Okay. Well, and you want to learn, and, and that's what we're really going to be looking to build towards, is you really want to learn, you know, what the skills, the communication skills are in order to, you know, have confidence, not become a bully yourself, because that's easy to kind of just strike back, right? You know, going fire with fire instead of fire with, like we say, with water, right? But without looking wimpy. Right. Because there's a fine line between that. So, you know, you don't want to be overly aggressive, but also you don't want to be the wimp that's always backing down with the bully. So it's really interesting to hear about communication skills. And then even further than that, Bill goes further than that. I mean, he really goes into how to protect yourself. So I want to learn a little bit about bullying. But then I also want to know because he's got a bunch of, you know, different know. techniques that's for how I've... to protect yourself, you know, in the parking lot, which is going to be great. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of covert stuff that we can learn for outside of the workplace, which would be cool, right? Right. So we want to talk about all of that. And I know we only have, you know, 50 minutes, but still, you know, there's a lot that I think he can really, you know, tell us about and we can share. So I think it's going to be really a really, really, really good show today. Yeah. I mean, this bullying thing, it's getting out of hand. Uh, So two assignments back to back when I, I came out of corporate in 2013 and, um, one was a very angry work environment, very mm-hmm. angry. And I show up with the care model, right, mm-hmm. trying to make a difference in the workplace even as one person, and everybody wanted to kick my ass, excuse the expression, <laughs> because nobody there wanted anything to work. Nobody wanted anything good. It was a very hostile environment, It was very politically charged, which, you know, normally you would separate politics from work. Um, And I I didn't know what to do. And eventually it led to a physical altercation and I ran for my life. Well, it wasn't it could have been a physical altercation. It was it had that potential. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you guys came to blows. But what I wanted to add to that, which you may not like is what I wanted to add to that is um, you went into a hostile environment, but years ago when we were working together, that was a hostile environment, but you were on the other side of it, right? So you guys were the bullies and everybody else had to take it. And yeah, it didn't come into you know blows, but there was a lot of bullying at the other workplace. It was just this time you were on the other side of it, on the receiving end, right, and I not was, on the giving end. I was end. not the bully. I was the victim. You were the victim this time. Um, and interesting. So yeah, we want to talk about that too. Um, and then I want to also share my most recent consulting assignment where there was no physical altercation. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but there was extreme people management bullying and angst and angst in terms yes. of do this immediately or mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. you know, and I try to address that. So like I'm over two in my last two assignments. And this is why when we met Bill, I knew he could help with this. Right. And uh, so there's a lot that we want to learn. And what we want to do is we want to make sure this podcast gets distributed. Right. Because this is a very valuable and informative show. The other thing I want to say is we 
our format, right, is yeah. for our first segment to talk about the theme of the show and so on, right, which is very important. But mm-hmm. I also want to give Bill a window if he if he has availability going forward for five minutes or ten minutes or so during the first segment ongoing, because I think this is that important, right? I want to. You know, if we get during the week questions or from the care page, if people have issues and concerns, we want to share them. We want to hear from Bill on a regular basis almost. Oh, yeah. Like how do we protect ourselves? Yeah. 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 Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. I'm a little I'm a little wound because um, of the last two assignments that I had. And there's one other thing. Right. We do our seminar, which we're really proud of Mm -hmm. um, the care seminar. And there's a segment in the care seminar where we talk about concerns in the workplace. Every single seminar, the number one concern is bullying, right? Everybody brings it up. And they may not be the word bullying, but they'll say, my boss is very mean. My boss doesn't care what I think. I mean, all of that is kind of related to bullying. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely related to bullying. It's absolutely related to how to communicate with someone like that. Yeah. And um, we need to learn how to communicate with someone like that. Exactly right. So the first challenge is to be willing to take that action. Yeah. Right? Um, we were speaking to that woman in our uh, three seminars back, and she says, "There's no way I can I can speak up. I'll get slaughtered." So we need we need you know, as Bill says, the three C's. Charisma, well, and I don't blame her. And I mean, because no, I agree, it, right? You know, because sometimes it feels like that. It feels like you're just going to be taken down. Yeah. I mean, it's it really feels threatening. Yeah. Even though it's all verbal, so it really is threatening. Um. So, so sorry, I know I stepped on you. No, no, that's fine. What I think, in the, and with everything going on today with the battery and the power and the babble and the need to hear from Mr. Parsons, mm-hmm. right? I think what we'll do is take an early break, and this way when we come back, we could uh, bring Bill right on. Is that okay? That's okay with me. Yeah. Okay, so stay with us, everyone. Um We will be right back with our special guest, Bill Parsons. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Care Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. 
Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And real excited about meeting. Um, Mr. Parsons, are you with us? Uh, yes. Hey, Charlie. How are you? How are you, Eva? Excellent. Hi, Bill. How are you? We. We're good. We're good. We're so glad you're here. I'm really excited to have you on the show. We both are because we are so excited to hear about your background, but then everything you bring to the table because there is so much that's going on in and out of the workplace that we need your help on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd be glad to help. Yeah. um, Before we go any further, I want to also say we didn't realize you were local. We're neighbors. So that's good to know. Um, yeah, we did talk right. about that. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did when mm-hmm, we met. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, tell us um, and our listeners uh, where we can contact you, how we can contact you, and uh, maybe a little bit about what you have been doing. Um, I can be contacted at uh, my website is www.nlstraining.com. That's NLS, Nine Live Solutions Training.com. Or my phone number is 937-673-3698. So, yeah, I am just up the road from you guys a little bit. Currently, I'm in sunny L.A. right now doing a seminar. But <laughs> Nice. Nice. Um, and we love this book, and we love this um, term that you use, Gain 007 Confidence. Can you tell us what that means? Well, I mean, we've all witnessed, you know, uh, the Ian Fleming character, James Bond and his total genuine authentic uh, confidence that's based in his in his skills and talents. He knows that he can handle a situation because he's got these this skill base and these talents that he's amassed through training and experience that he can put into play to in any scenario virtually. And he has that confidence to, to carry it out. He believes in himself. 
ultimately was right. Down. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, when when everything was about to go south on him, he actually looked like he was enjoying it. Is that right? And he <laughs> stayed in his in himself and remained calm, as opposed to, you know, I go back to my encounter. As opposed to us. Us, yeah, jeez. <laughs> so yeah, no, that would be that would be great to be able to learn that, right? Yeah, and well, as for for most people, there's a a confidence gap. Confidence is one of those unique skills where we kind of have to take the leap before we actually have the confidence. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we have to do the thing before we have the confidence to gain the confidence. So it's sort of in a juxtaposed position, if you will. Uh, you know, training police officers for, for years and working with them when they would come out of the academy onto the street, it was always unique to see how the for lack of a better term, the street people that we had to deal with, the, you know, the, the, the prostitutes and the, the drug dealers, how quickly they would figure out that the officer I was working with was a new employee, was a rookie, essentially. And they would mm. do that by reading their body language. And very quickly, they could look at him and go, you're new, aren't you? And it was all based on the, the body language that the officer was putting off. He didn't seem comfortable in this environment. He didn't seem confident with his skills. He didn't feel that he was competent yet. So many times we're pushed into a scenario before we're totally ready, but that we have to, that's that confidence gap that often that we have to fill. And, and James Bond can do this because he has the training experience. Well, we can, the training fills a lot of that gap. And, and that's what I do is I provide people with that, that training to help them step out and have that, that total confidence in their skills and abilities. You know, it's so interesting when you say that because it's absolutely true and it's absolutely true even in the work environment that, you know, they can tell right away when you don't know what you're talking about. And I wanted to take a step back because if anybody knows what they're talking about, it's you. And what we didn't do before we started talking about the book was talking a little bit about your background. So why don't you share with us um, everything that you've done because it's really impressive. Um I was a, I'm a retired 26-year veteran of the inner city police department, uh, just uh, in Dayton, Ohio, which is north of, of Cincinnati. Um, during that time mm-hmm. period, I was uh, I was a, I did a, I worked in all five of our districts, dealt with lots of crime. Of course, uh, Dayton is often called Detroit by lots of people because oh, I didn't know that. Crime. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what we get. <laughs> Other police agencies call us Detroit because of the crimes that we have there. So I dealt day in and day out with predators all the time. And you notice subtle behavior differences in the way they behave. They, Because they have total dominance in their environment, they have total confidence in their skills and abilities. And you, you perceive that very quickly. I always teach people, it's like going to the circus, and I ask people if they've ever seen a lion taming act, who's in the cage first, the lion or the tamer? And, you know, most of the time they guess it's that the lion is there first. And that's if that were the case, they'd be paying to see an entirely different kind of show. Because mm. if the lion's in the cage first, he, you know, he dominates the environment. And you put the trainer in second, the lion's going to just, just going to eat the trainer because this is his turf. As police officers, we're out on their turf all day long in their neighborhoods and their environments. And we have to exude this confidence and control over the, over the environment. They read us very quickly. And if they think we can't control what's going on, it gets out of, out of control very fast. So we've got to exude that. You get really good at doing that and making sure that they're reading you properly. 
beyond that, I, I've run the police academy at Sinclair Community College for the last 22 years, so I've trained tens of thousands of corrections officers, police officers, and private security personnel. And I also uh, have provided executive protection to such people as Colin Powell and Rudy Giuliani over the last 20 years, in addition to training lots of executive protection specialists who provide protection to people all over the world. That's sort of wow. a, a short thumbnail sketch of my background. Wow. Wow, that's really impressive. And I like what you were saying about the um, the lions and the lion tamer because I had never really thought about that. But you're absolutely right. So, you know, here I am. I'm, you know, I used to be an IT consultant. I'm walking into the lion's den, right, with the client, basically, <laughs> most of the time, right? <laughs> and... um and so what, what is it? And I don't know, maybe I'm kind of jumping the gun and maybe you want to tell some other stuff beforehand, but I'm just wondering like, you know, what I can do, you know, five minutes before that meeting to get, you know, the proper posture so that I look confident, you know, even before we start. Well, this is what I teach everybody. And I try to weave this into every seminar I do, regardless of what I'm talking about, because I believe it, this is how important I believe it is. Everything starts in your mind. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, your state of mind. They are reading. We, we, are, we broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We cannot not communicate. So we're always broadcasting, always communicating. And essentially what we're communicating are the thoughts that are going on in our brain. And, you know, our brain process pick up around 11 million pieces of information per second. 95% of that, or 10 million of those pieces or more, are picked up at the unconscious level. So we are constantly reading the environment. Our amygdala is constantly dipping into the environment and assessing the people in the environment, what we feel about them, what kind of information they're putting off. So we're broadcasting our thoughts. So we've got mm-hmm. to control of our mental state first. Our self-image is really more important than self-esteem. What I think about myself is what I am. And other people see that in dozens of different ways. The way my body language, the way I communicate, whether I make eye contact, how I breathe. Do I take up space? Do I move with passion and energy? They notice all of those little subtle cues. And even though they don't realize they're noticing them, they're picking them up and they're making very quick decisions about whether they trust me, whether they like me, whether they feel like I have control in this environment, whether I know what I'm talking about. So they pick that up very fast. Interesting. So, okay. So what you're saying is self-image can, I don't want to use the word hide self-esteem, but self-image actually comes before that in a room because all they see is you sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be a nervous wreck, right? Or we were all somewhat insecure in, in work or whatever we do. Right. But if we dress the part and we move the part, we'll feel the part, and then it'll look like we're not. Because sometimes if you're insecure, you, you don't get the trust you need, right? Yeah. Well, um, so they're, they're reading all they're reading all those very subtle clues and what you think you are, and so they're picking yeah. all of those things up, even though they don't realize it. And you're right. Every single one of us have insecurities. I mean, all of us deal with those issues every day. I call those mind ninjas. 
<laughs> That's good. You know, they, they like to hide in the in the dark recesses of your mind, and when you need to be powerful and influential and all those other it, all all that other stuff, they love to just come down and they just love to come out and assassinate you because mm-hmm. they jump out and they start and and you know the message they are always delivering to us is the, it's the same message: you are not good enough. That's what that's what those mind ninjas are telling us. And if we buy into that and we attach to that thought process, then our physiology begins to represent what we're thinking. I mean, you can't hide what's on your mind because, unfortunately for us, most people don't pay close enough attention to notice a lot. But there are those that do, and they see very quickly what's going on in our mind, how confident I feel, how competent I feel. They notice these things. So we have two tools that we can use to control this, and that's focus and physiology. Whatever I'm focusing on on my mind is what I am. And my physiology, the way I move my body, literally, and it's like a cybernetic loop, they connect. My The way I move my body will change how I think, and how I think will change how my body is responding. So that's the first thing I would do five minutes in. Before I go to any meeting, any interview, you know, I sit there and spend four or five minutes making sure my thoughts are collected, and I kind of run through in my mind. I rehearse in the theater of my mind. What's going to come next? So I'm, I've got at least some, some kind of a plan. Yeah, I think that's so important. And so many people, I mean, even when I coach now, you know, I'll talk to people and I'll say, set the intention. What do you want to come from this meeting? Because a lot of people don't ever really think about that. And they don't really think about, you know, how they come off when they're in the meeting. And I know you're in martial arts. I used to take acting. And even in acting, that was part of it. Like, you could be scared, whatever, but you still had to present whatever it was, the part that you were playing. Well, that's exactly what we're doing when we walk into a meeting. If we're not feeling it, we have to at least pretend like we're feeling it. So I thought that that's great advice. It's, well, that's exactly right. I'm out of here in California visiting my daughter who's a theater major at CalArts. And mm. it's all about being in your body. You've got to be able to control what other people see. You know, you notice that people who are very influential have a real power to affect how you perceive them. They can control mm-hmm. your perception of, and that's what we're doing. It's, it's, this, isn't, this isn't being fake or phony. What we're doing literally is tapping into the best part of ourselves when we need to do that. We have the resources, the tools, the talents, and the abilities. We, are, we have those things. But it's really easy for our mind to start working against us. And then we're in an environment that's toxic, where we're being bullied, where there are people who are trying to control the situation or us, it's really easy for us to start to, to buy into some of the nonsense that they're putting out. So we got to kind of throw our shields up that five minutes before the meeting so we are prepared to kind of deflect that kind of language and behavior. That is perfect. It is um, perfect, yeah. So it means, you know, I know I'm in a tough spot, Right. Let me let me regroup here with myself, my team, right? My internal self, internal team, and right. And yeah. I, I just want to ask a question because um, not exactly what you said, but is it possible that let's say my I don't have a strategy and I need to circle even during the meeting until a strategy develops that maybe my image will help me with that as well? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, sure. I think what, it, it, it kind of goes back to what Eva was talking about with the acting thing. It's almost that, that old saw of act as if you are already there. 
I always tell a story about one of my daughter's friends. This young man was playing a part in a Shakespearean play. I think he was King Lear. I, 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 this escapes me. But anyway, he was the king in this play. And the night before this, this play went up for its first night, he had had his car repossessed, and he, was, he had gotten a uh, slip to be evicted from his apartment. But that night, he had to sit on stage and convince 400 people that he was the king. So we're able to kind of put those things in the back of our mind and put forward the impression, the image of the, of the best version of ourselves we can. We, we can do that. And I think the thing that you're talking about is, for me, when I'm not exactly sure what my strategy is going to be, that's where I kind of adopt the watch and wait philosophy. I sit there, I move as little as possible, I'm as confident as I possibly can be in my brain while my strategy is evolving. I think it was Woodrow Wilson who said, I have never got, I've never been damaged by what I did not say. Hmm. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what words I need to say. I'm going to wait a little bit as things evolve. And then when I see my opportunity, I will take it. Excellent. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. I know it was one that I just sort of took because I needed to when I was young and I was working. I was in the corporate headquarters working with the big guys. I was only 24 years old, and so I just wouldn't talk. I just made sure I had on a power suit and just looked like I understood what was going on <laughs> and only inter- only interjected when I knew that I was what I was saying was the right thing to say. Well, because you're discovered very quickly when you say things that are incongruent with either the context or the environment. So it's better to, when you're not sure, to sit back and watch and wait and just kind of start to understand not only what's going on in the front of the, you know, what's right in front of us, but like you said, the office politics and the power that's going on kind of behind the scenes. You got to kind of observe who the real players are here and who has influence over who. Um, this is great. I want to just uh, shout out the number, 1-888-GO-FOR-IT, 1-888-463-6748. If anybody has a question, we're going to take a quick break, Bill. We're just scratching the surface here, and we'll be right back. So uh, stay with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Bill Parsons. He's the author of 007 Confidence. And Bill, um, 
you've already given us so much great information. And I just want to make sure that the listeners know where they can get your book. Um, they can get it at my website, which is uh, nlstraining.com. That's nine live solutions, nlstraining.com, or you can get it on Amazon. Perfect. Thank you. And so I wanted to go into the three C's of success, and we've already touched on confidence. But I think a big one, you know, your first one is actually charisma. And you've got four keys to, you know, becoming charismatic. Now, I don't, I'm really interested in hearing how to do that, because that to me is one of those things that I'm not sure you could really teach. I I see uh, most people do erroneous beliefs. They believe that charisma is something that's inborn or innate. Yeah. And there are certainly people who seem to have that talent naturally or that ability. I mean, there are some people who are just more outgoing, more effervescent. They seem to have that piece of them. And I think they, they are, that's true. There are some people who are better at it. But I think we mm-hmm. can all improve. I, I think anything virtually can be learned. And charisma is one of those things I think that can be taught. And I think, like you said, there are some people who are better naturally, but I think you can learn to be more charismatic. I know you can be learned to be more charismatic because I teach people to do it every day. And I, there, there are some components that come into play. One is, you know, you've got to, you've got to have passion. You've got to have passion for whatever your mission is in life. I think, and I believe, that every single one of us were put here for a reason. Uh, whatever religious or spiritual beliefs you have, I think that whatever the creator is, he doesn't create junk and he gives us a purpose to be here. And I think when we find that purpose, that mission, and we're passionate about it, that ignites that charismatic piece. You know, and then being able to communicate in a very congruent fashion, knowing, like you were talking about earlier, you're not quite sure when you're, which, what kind of, uh, impression you're throwing off on people when you communicate. It's something we've got to know that we're doing correctly because we've got to make sure that the body language, the tonality, and the words, they're all congruent. They all agree that we're sending the most powerful message we possibly can. And charisma is is about that passion, that energy that we have that we want to... That It's not about us. And that's what people find is amazing. A charismatic person makes other people feel good in their presence. They want to be around it because they, they make them feel so good. So a charismatic person knows how to shine the spotlight on the other person. And it makes them feel valued and respected and special and important and intelligent. And when you do that for people, they just they love you for it because nobody else does yeah. that. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, the passion, the energy, and the focus on the other person, because that's so key. You're absolutely right. I hadn't really, I guess if I think about it, you know, I would have thought of that, but you put it so succinctly that that's absolutely dead on because it's, it's just about how that person makes you feel. And you always tend to walk away from someone that's charismatic, feeling better about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and so, you know, you were talking a little bit about, tonality and you know the way your body language and all that so when you're when you're working with people and helping them get you know working on their charisma what do you what do you tell them to do well i I, there's a series of drills i teach them to do but i one of the things i do is i is to get i want to get them in that mental place where they're accessing the best of themselves 
So I try to get them into a, you know, we talked about the only two things you have to control your mental state is focus or physiology, ultimately. So I want to, I take them back, I just want them to go back to a time when they were supremely impactful, effective, they felt amazing, they knew that they were in that flow experience. And we've all had glimpses of that, when just everything is switching for us perfectly. And we seem to think that that's something that occurs accidentally or randomly, but we can tap into that by going back, accessing those emotions, really getting ourselves into that mental state, and then creating an anchor of some sort, either a sound or, or a touch, that we anchor in that emotion so I can literally access that whenever I want to. I mean, hmm. as a speaker like Charlie, I mean, there are times when I go on stage and I just don't feel like it. You know, there are days mm-hmm. you're, you're tired and you've done this a couple times and you're, but I, I, I gotta give the best of myself to the audience because that's what they're there for. So I know I've gotta get myself in that state. So I have a series, a series of anchors I can literally fire off and they're physiological as well as psychological. So I actually have, uh, I can squeeze the, the web between my thumb and my index finger with my other thumb, and it, I, and it literally takes me back to that moment where, okay, this is, I remember a seminar I did that was just phenomenal. I was totally in sync with the audience, and we were, it just flowed so perfectly. I want to access that emotional state every single time I step on stage, and now I can do that. And not only that, you mean, I also have, you know, my staff has, a, I, I listen to my iPod right before I step on stage. So I'm listening to some music that puts me in that mental state. So when I hit the stage, they get all of the energy and passion that I have for as long as I can give it. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not That's rocket great. science, but you got to do something. Right? right. So you have to come up with your own trigger mechanisms to get you in the place. You have to care enough about what you're about to do you know, hence passion, to be able to trigger the mechanisms to make sure you give your best performance. Oh, but I like the anchor. I like that anchor where you're um, relating, you know, a squeezing between your um, Mm -hmm. thumb and your forefinger, right, to, and it instantly takes you back to when you were a rock star on stage when you have that memory. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. When when athletes, uh, you know, hit a home runner or a point, I mean, they pump their fist into the air or whatever, that's an anchor. They're firing off an anchor right there, and they can get that emotional state anytime they want by doing that, essentially that. And they've done it accidentally, because we are always creating anchors. Most of them, unfortunately, are negative, but we can yeah. kind of we can implode those anchors and replace them with positive ones that put us in great mental state. So we you want the immediate or an environment we control it. For me, my anchor, I must have visioned Muhammad Ali hitting George Foreman in the face with that eighth round knockout punch, I don't know, a trillion times. And it helped get me through many situations. So by default, maybe I was using my own mechanisms, right, in my own way. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, and I think these things happen sort of organically anyway. Uh, it, so we come up with tools, and you know, psychologists just call them, just have names for them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah. Do you want to ask your question about, you know, the communication in the when you had the issue? Well, yeah, we, you know, um, 
being around the block a few times, I kind of work my presence as well, right? And mm-hmm. I believe in soft skills. And we had a situation, Bill, where, you know, I knew I was in trouble. I knew this was going to be a hostile situation. But it was in a conference room. And it was in a conference room, and there was 18 other people in the room. Um, and I knew, and I read, and everyone, and I had my presence. I was controlling the, the moment, the meeting. And um, this tough guy on the end was button-pushing, and eventually he, and this is in a company, in a corporate uh, conference room, eventually he slammed his papers down on his desk, got up, and came over to where I was sitting in my face. I had about 20 people on the conference call and about 18 people in the room. And he was asking me to say one more word so he could take me out. So, uh, you know, here I am. I screwed that up, right? Because I knew there was going to be a confrontation, but I didn't know how to control it beforehand. I didn't know how to, I didn't know what communication skills to present to try to water him down, uh, beforehand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there are lots of scenarios like that. And, and unfortunately, bullying, you know, I, I teach a bullying seminar with Nine Lives, and it's almost entirely relegated, of course, to the public school systems. But what most people don't realize is bullying continues throughout life. I mean, there are always bullies. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go, there's somebody who wants to control the environment, utilizing those skills. And we all pay a price for it. I mean, not only the, the person being bullied, but the bully also has, of course, issues where he wouldn't be bullying. And then everybody, right. who witness, everybody who witnesses that kind of behavior is, you know, they're everybody, they're even, they're tangentially affected because now they're... Right, we, we refer to them as the bystanders, but yes, I agree absolutely. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're affected by that. They don't, oh my God, they're all saying they're going, thank God I'm not the focus of this rant. You that's know? so true. <laughs> right. And that's when I realized that I was naked in that room. Everybody was standing down. And I was all alone. Um, right. So, um, no, go ahead, sir. So, well, that's sort of where tactical planning comes in. If I know I'm going in, you know, I look at it from the point of view as either a police officer or an executive protection specialist, you know, we stack the deck in our favor. If I know I'm going into a hostile situation, I'm going to put everything I possibly can to my advantage prior to, you know, having to go into that environment where I'm, I'm back in the lion's den again, sort of. So I do tactical planning. For me, I would try to position myself in a place where I would not be cornered physically by anyone. Uh, It's assessing my environment and choosing my place. And I don't know whether you had a specific place where you had to sit, but if I know I'm dealing with somebody who's going to be aggressive, I would probably be standing while delivering my presentation. Right, things like that. That way I'm I'm not sitting down. Correct. And, but then there are also ways to use language to mitigate his behavior. Now, not knowing this person and kind of, because all of these are, are, all these tools and tactics that we use are delivered in context. And tools will work on some people and some won't work on others. In psychology, you know, in communication can be hit or miss unless we have all the components in place. But, and whenever that happens, we absolutely, this is where the confidence piece, we've got to remain calm and centered. Because Excellent. They, they sense that the fear or the fact that we want to back off, 
that they're just that, that to them in that in that context for that person at that moment, they see that as a weakness and a, and a, a more of an opportunity to attack. No, thank you so much. And uh, we're about to take a break, but I just want to say that next time around, I will position myself by the door and I yes. will stand. <laughs> And, you know, it's just yeah. another lesson learned, right? <laughs> and um, have your running shoes and on. And my running and... <laughs> shoes on. Um, but this is great. And please, again, uh, we have so much more to go over. Uh, and we only have one more segment. But stay with us. Uh, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. Special guest Bill Parsons. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest tonight is Bill Parsons. He's the author of 007 Confidence. And if you want to learn more about Bill and and to order his book, just go to his website at nlstraining.com. That's nlstraining.com. So, Bill, you know, I know Charlie and I are both just really enjoying this conversation. I mean, you've got so many great tips. Yeah, during the break, we're stepping on each other. Well, let's talk about this. This is great. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, 
we were just talking about 007 confidence in a meeting in the boardroom at work. And I know you also, though, do training around just personal safety, which we have we have so little time left. We have like 10 minutes left. But in that time, I was wondering if we could talk about what I really liked was when you talked about how to be your own bodyguard bodyguard in like five tips. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, I know I'm changing focus. Oh, no, I can. Yeah, I can. I can change gears anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw, I just want to throw this out there. Anything on my website, if you're, if you're, if your listeners put in um, uh, CPT as a code, everything's twenty five percent off for anything they want. Or so any. Oh, that's. Program. Sorry, what was that code again? Um, it's CPT for corporate talk. Okay. That's the, oh, nice. The promo code. So just put that in, and it'll take twenty five percent off of anything they order. Because the the other program I have on there is Black Belt Communication, which deals with the communication skills, and. When I developed this over the 25 years of being a police officer, you know, I just watched so many people victimized, and most of the time, it was avoidable. It could have been prevented had they kind of knew or used some skills that were really not all that complicated, but they just didn't know those skills. And so I developed this set of skills that were fairly simple because I wanted them to be used. I mean, my daughter, 18, moved out to L.A. to be go to school and I, you know, it's a big city and I want her to be safe. Mm-hmm. So these are the skills I teach her. I, these are the people I care about, these are the skills I teach them. From the self-defense point of view, I teach a program called counter-assault tactics and it is absolutely practical. I always tell people on the stage, when I hit the street as a police officer, I was 23 years old. I had a degree in communication and psychology and a fifth degree black belt in taekwondo and a fifth degree black belt in hapkido. So I always figured I could either, if I couldn't talk them into submission, I could kick their ass, right? I mean, that's kind of what I, well, what I learned very quickly was most of what I learned in college was theory and not practical. It wasn't, didn't teach you how to really deal with human beings in crisis. And most of the stuff I learned in a, in a, in a training hall or a dojo just fell apart on the street because it was too complex and it required too much practice and it required the bad guy to do Mm. something a certain way. It just was ineffective. Yeah, well, you couldn't re- set up the perfect scenario. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the right, bad guys right. didn't like, cooperate. Yeah. Right. I would tell people you attacked me wrong. I mean, right. <laughs> you just do it this way. I can, you know, it never works. <laughs> it, it always, it unfolds faster than you expect it to unfold. It's more violent than you expected. It, it, even as a police officer, many times you're surprised at how quickly the violence kicks off and how fast they're on top of you. So the skills have got to be very simple, require almost no thinking. So I developed a counter-assault tactics program, and in eight hours, either on DVD or in a classroom, I will get, I call it my weekend black belt because I would put any of my eight-hour people up against somebody who's got five years in the martial arts because those skills just are based on tradition and not reality. And they're, I mean, it's, it's a, and I'm taking nothing away from traditional martial arts. I mean, it's a great way to get shape. It's a great way to, you know, learn about another culture. It has its advantages. But real-life, street-level, on-the-ground, violent self-defense, that's not its strength. Because I, I watched how predators attacked people and how they victimized them. So I came up with a series of six or seven tools that anyone can learn regards to age, sex, size, strength, relative strength. None of that matters. 
because it, it couldn't matter. Because by definition, the attacker is always going to be bigger and stronger than you are. Because the predator is choosing the engagement. So he's going to pick a victim that's mm-hmm. weaker, smaller, not as strong. He's not going to pick somebody bigger. So your attacker is going to be stronger, younger, faster than you. You know, uh-huh. and, and from a fear point of view, I mean, we have, we can either, there are three things that happen under fear, fight, flight, or freezing. And most people freeze because we all think that bad stuff happens to other people, not us. And when it does happen, it's immediate disbelief. And so Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, you talk about these encounters and I say in my own way, the same thing, right? We have all these predators at work trying to dictate policy. And so, you know, I meet you and I see what you bring to the table in confrontational, you know, expertise. And I say, you know what? Even though it's not in the street, it kind of is. And we need to bring this well, education about both right, right? into yeah. the workplace. I mean, because my listeners, the listeners would say, why are you why are you doing that? Um, it's a direct hit. It's perfect. Right. Well, yeah, it is a direct I, hit. I, yeah. It doesn't matter if, whether it's in the boardroom or in the schoolroom or on the street. It's the same predators choose victims, whether they're bullies or criminals or bosses who are toxic. They choose people they know they can pick on people who are going to tolerate the behavior, people who don't know how or have the skills to deal with it. That's, that's, that's why they choose those people, because they, right. can, they can get over on them. You know, one of the things I tell everybody is, you know, this is the philosophy I kind of operate under in everything. It's act nice and think tough. Mm. So yeah, that's polite. really good, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, be polite, be respectful, be all of those things. But, you know, and, and also in the back of my mind, I'm ready to do business on a different level if that's where it has to go. I don't want to take it there. I would much rather deal with you straight up, genuinely, authentically, and communicate with you in an effective, symbiotic way. But if I can't, I am ready for you on another level. You know, and that's sort of that warrior mentality. I mean, true warriors are not people who are violent at all. You know, they don't fight the enemy because they hate them. They fight the enemy because they love what's behind them. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I love it. And um, I got a lot of takeaways for me personally. And I'm going to use the uh, image rule and how to uh, exude the image I want people to see within me, which I think is a big thing. And um, I think Bill's tools is a must order. It's a must purchase to carry with us every day in the workplace. So we just learned a lot here. And Bill, a lot of what we didn't cover, we will cover when you come back, hopefully real soon, right? Oh, absolutely. Sure. If I can leave your guest with just two things. Yes. Mm-hmm. The situation where it could get dangerous, do, do a couple things. Remain calm, control distance, control distance. You keep your reactionary gap intact. Do not let them get too close to you. Whether you got to put out your hand and say, Lee, stop back where you are and you just step out of my personal space. Because you've got to control that distance, remain calm. And if you do those two things, you can, to some degree, begin to control what's going on. But if they're right in your face, it's really tough to stop it. Excellent. Um, real quick, yes or no, do police TV shows get it right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Excellent. We knew the answer. I, I, I am often amazed that they have technical consultants, because I don't think those consultants ever wore a badge. <laughs> right. 
Um, no, this has been a great uh, hour. It went back by kind of quick. We learned so much. You are definitely the man, Bill. It was a pleasure, and we hope to have you back real soon. No, it was fantastic. Thank you so much, Bill. And for our listeners, again, it's nlstraining.com, and the book is 007 Confidence. So, Bill, thank you so much. We really appreciated the time. Yeah, we'll be in touch real soon. Thank you, Eva. Thank you, Charlie. I had a fantastic time. Have a great Take day. Take care. Good luck in L.A. All right. Thank we'll you. speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. Good night. Man, that was something. That was good. But you know what I, You know what my big takeaway was? Is that we have to, since Bill's in Dayton, he has to come be by our side all yeah, the time. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, we'll invoke Bill. <laughs> exactly. But, um, no, it's important to understand not to panic in the conference room and have the confidence to take the action needed. Well, you need those skills beforehand, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so once you, you know, so again, we invite the listeners to get 007 Confidence at NLSTraining.com. And then who's our guest next week? John Garner next week talking everything you want to know about healthcare reform, where it's headed, and uh, what happens if we don't have it, and what happens if we have it. Right. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be a really good show, too. So, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of great guests lined up, and this was a great show tonight. So now you have the tools for your next assignment. I do, which is this week, so uh, it'll be exciting. Um, we're real excited. You know, I, I wish we could have um, extended the time to go into more of the topics that Bill um, is an expert on, right. but we'll have to um, bring him back. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining tonight, and um, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, excellent. Have a great week. Take care, everyone.